You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Jesse, I think um, before we get started today, I think it's only appropriate that you give our listeners the trigger warning that they need. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just really important for our listeners to know that we're open-minded and we like to have a lot of different types of guests. So I just wanted to warn you guys, we have a a right-wing extremist today. (laughs) So... Just be prepared. I'm not laughing. This is a very serious subject. <laughs> and, um, you know, especially where we are as a nation. We're it, And um, so I know we're all supposed to be healing. This is a year of healing. Um, but, yeah. Now so that we have stability I, in the White House again, we really need, you know, the healing to happen. <laughs> so much healing. <laughs> I've got Amethyst here helping me heal. Um, but I don't know. If, I don't know if it's enough. So, um, you know, because the healing might be a lost cause, we did bring <laughs> Carrie Wedler on the show to join us and uh, talk about this crazy world we're living in. Jesse, are you drinking absinthe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. Unleash the demons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as we have right wingers on here. Yeah, it's all a party. We all fit together. Yeah, right? I mean... <laughs> Let's plan an insurrection or something. That's what right-wingers do, right? We have amethyst. We drink absinthe. We talk about intellectual things. You know, it's just like peace. Crazy. I know. Very scary. <laughs> yeah, and no, at least- on a real note, like, <laughs> honestly, Carrie, that, that, um, that video you posted somewhat recently now, it's been a few weeks, and you actually, like, you know, had to come out as um, what they called you, a right-wing extremist. I can't even <laughs> imagine, like, so I, my mom listens to our podcast. So hi, mom. Um, hi, mom. And <laughs> she's cool. She's pretty woke. Um, and like, you know, she listens to my podcast. She follows me on Twitter. She, she knows how I feel about all this stuff. And she mostly um, agrees and can align to some degree. Um, what's it like being a right wing extremist in such a public way uh well you know it's been an evolution because i didn't start out an extremist <laughs> although you know i think i but really I mean, and okay just to clarify they didn't call me an extremist i'm actually offended they put me in the regular right camp like you're not gonna make me oh. right that's like oh like give me some oh. cred you're just making me like a basic mainstream republican that's embarrassing um <laughs> but like I, oh my god I'm that's like so, worse. <laughs> I know it was way worse. Like, I feel like it would have been a cooler video if I didn't have to clarify, like, meh, they made me a Republican with Fox News. Like, I'm not even in the cool box, but um, cool subjective, obviously. I don't even think they're cool. But um, I labeled myself an extremist because I mean, I'm sure I'm on list, no doubt. But I labeled myself an extremist because it is extreme these days, literally just to advocate peace, whether we're talking about like in an imperial sense or the institution of government we're extreme unfortunately and i don't really see any nuance coming from the people who want to call everybody a right-wing extremist so it's been 
a long road. And it started, I think, when um, anti-media, which is where I used to be editor in chief, started being targeted by the mainstream mm-hmm. right after the 2016 election. And I think from there, we just got flagged. And it's so funny because we were a mix of all kinds of anarchists. Like it wasn't just libertarian anarchists. We were like a whole it was like panarchism. And it was great. Mm-hmm. But uh, like we had some leftists on there, too. Um So it's just so funny that we got thrown into the Russia narrative um, and called useful idiots because literally because we were anti-war. Like that was one of their criteria. Yeah. Oh, if you if you question or didn't say question, but if you're critical of U.S. policy or like policies that might benefit Russia, a.k.a. pulling out of all these countries that the government has been destroying for years. So that's, you know, you're a Russian hack if you do that. Um, So pop it. Exactly. And it's actually like, I think it's kind of fun to be considered a radical. It's more just like the consequences of what happens when you espouse these views online, which can be very disheartening. But I'm still here. Yeah, now you are. (laughs) For now. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) It is crazy. Like, um, like we all kind of just jokingly alluded to uh, us three, we do not advocate for violence. And, um, I think one of the biggest, uh, Pet peeves is a nice way to put it. Our biggest beefs with the government is just how violent they are, both here at home and overseas. And mm-hmm. I mean, it really tells you. I, so the fact that um, like anti-media, the Ron Paul Liberty Report and other very like pro-peace organizations, just basically anti-war, anti-imperialism, all these organizations um, like around the time of the election when everybody that wasn't Hillary Clinton basically was a Russian. <laughs> and um, it, it's just so telling that also as soon as Tulsi in the past, like 2020 um, democratic, like candidate primaries and whatever, like she was automatically also Putin's pot- puppet. And it's <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I can't yeah. believe it's just like wash, rinse, repeat. And yeah. we're still kind of not over that. No, it still seems to be like for the left, Russia is just like a scarlet letter. Like if they can associate you with Russia, then you're done. And I find that so interesting, too, because like it's obviously remnants of the Cold War. Like, I think that's why it like shocks and scares people so That's why I think it so works. Yeah. yeah, but it's also like I thought because I was raised a leftist from my perception, I didn't think leftists were the cold warriors like they seem to be the mm-hmm. doves, the one who wanted peace, the ones who kind of more aligned with that ideology, you know, and so it's just so strange that it just seems like everything is so flipped and upside down. But of course, now you have Democrats and people who think they're like outside. It's just I'm, I'm like, I can't even say it without know, laughing. like they it's, think it's they're humorous. outside yeah they don't think they're susceptible to propaganda and only fox news makes propaganda obviously only fox <laughs> news that is driving so me nuts yeah. but like now they're actually like buddying up with fox news and they're like you right wingers better stick to fox news and don't you dare go to like one news network news or, yeah what is, oh my god newsmax it's happening and it's not like you know they god forbid conservatives or anybody on the right is dissatisfied with Fox News, as they should be, absolutely. Um, What a disservice that channel does to anybody who might even think that they um, hold beliefs on the right. And um, it's just like clown world. But (laughs) I think the more and more we go on, everybody's true colors are shown. And so that's good for people like us. But 
like you said earlier, like I think the uh, consequences and ramifications. And so honestly, like I am kind of getting a little scared, but, um, you know, since technically the voluntary vixens have not been labeled right wing extremists, <laughs> um, I say we're pretty good for a while. Right. Until the feds yeah. find this episode, then you're done. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Until we, oh, wait, <laughs> which episode? <laughs> are we on, Jesse? We're gonna have to stop numbering these. Maybe this will uh, keep the censors <laughs> at bay. We did get kicked off of Discord for harassment <gasps> or something like that, uh, and it was just like, like an arbitrary label. Yeah, yeah right. Like yeah. we barely used it, but we we, bo- we both individually <laughs> we got harassed off somebody Discord. somehow. Oh my god! Yeah, right. That's it's like show weird. me the receipts. When Twitter denied my, because Twitter banned me when they banned anti-media, they mm. gave, like literally the reason was blank. I posted on Instagram before it says specifically for nothing. And then when I <laughs> appealed and they denied the yeah. appeal, they gave me like a similar thing. It was like, you're not allowed to artificially manipulate user experiences on Twitter. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, right? What? That's literally Everything about that this is artificial. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like what? You guys are artificially manipulating things. Like what? Me, I post one tweet a month with like a link to a video and I'm artificially manipulating people. Maybe because I'm trying to challenge their perceptions, like in a really cryptic, weird, upside down way. It's kind of right. But like it wasn't artificial. <laughs> well, it, it's like, well, again, true colors being shown. And it reminds me, I just thought of like you explaining that. I thought of that meme or that picture that is of Ron Paul in his office and it says like, don't steal the government hates competition. Yeah. And it's basically like, don't spread disinformation. The media hates competition. Exactly. So here well, we are. It's like that gaslighting that, that post yeah. I put up last 100%. night, that gaslighting thing. I put that up there. Cause I was like, that feels exactly like what is going on in our media right now. I'm just so, and it's I so remember, abusive. I remember hearing something like, on the news, they were talking about like, how could we, how it's really important that we prevent another January 6th from happening. And I'm just thinking like, are you kidding me? I can tell you right now how to prevent that from happening. Like <laughs> just shut the fuck up and quit lying yeah. all the time. Yeah. That would be a great start. <laughs> Seriously. It's just like the audacity that those people are taking it upon themselves to solve violence and to save <sighs> us and to restore order and to stop the bad actors. Like it's just, the lack of self-awareness astounds me. And for the, like for the actual politicians, I don't think they have the self-awareness, like they're sociopaths, but for the people who support them, like how can you fancy yourself such a critical independent thinker who's impervious to all this right wing, you know, just hodgepodge, horrible evil. And yet you're rallying behind the people who have created all the problems who were protesting the last year. What? Like, yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. They need more power. And I guarantee you there will be more cops. Like whenever this domestic legislation, like domestic terror legislation happens, if it does, it would be awesome if it didn't. It's obviously going to be in the pipeline, but there's no mm-hmm. way they're not going to need more law enforcement. And you're going to have pussy yeah. hat girls just like, yeah, fine. Oh, good cops. We, we like these cops. <laughs> right, exactly. Our cops. <laughs> Like you're gonna be like high fiving them and like taking selfies with them because right. they're their preferred cops. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, Democrat cops, cops wearing pussy hats. They're not right? white supremacists. We can totally trust them. Those they're are good not guys with guns. God forbid any anybody's an oath keeper. Like you know, <laughs> none of that. Three like, percenters, like just straight up our our guys. <laughs> and girls, or you know, gender non-binary um, questioning folks in uniform. Um, 
Oh, yeah. They're probably they're probably <laughs> want more women on the police force, too. So that would be right. Making, be- making women more miserable than leftists already are. Like, OK, <laughs> like let's put them in more harm's way. Yeah. <laughs> When it was like yeah. when they were calling for the mask mandates, it's like, wait, hold on. As you're sitting here protesting the racist police, if this is true, if police are inherently racist and white supremacists, and if you want police in charge of enforcing the laws that you want to be the rule of the land, what neighborhoods do you think they're going to go to, lady? Like, you think they're going to go to Beverly Hills? You think they're going to go police the white women in yoga pants that you hate? No, 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 because that's not where they're going, dude. They're going to the places where all the minorities are going to suffer. Yep. And it, to be fair, though, I will say enforcement in L.A. has been like nothing as far as masks and COVID stuff. Like yeah. I walked past a cop, like two cops without a mask and like they didn't even bat an eye. Like they didn't say a word. I was out at like an observatory. It wasn't like a an abandoned place. And they still were like, "Ugh, no, not going to bother. So I just want to add that in there. But no, that's great. But that's Have like the sheriffs the in, of in L.A. Haven't the sheriffs in your area, haven't they decided they're not going to enforce it? I, I thought think I, thought I read that, have, but I know they okay. were enforcing other things because they were, um, there was oh. something that they were shutting off electricity or power or water. I can't Ugh. remember exactly, but for people who stayed open, mm. ah, it's been crazier, but not as bad as like people who hate California make it out to be only because of the enforcement, the laws themselves. Yes. They're very bad in all the mandates, but the cops are just, and I think given all of the George Floyd protests, they were just like, Nope, not doing it. Like not going to risk yeah. my life to make people wear a mask. So at least I have yeah. ticketed for not wearing my muzzle. That's cool. Yeah, no, good for you. I, I think, and you can let us know, but what you are experiencing there, but I think in some places, honestly, like it's not the actual law enforcement that's bad. It's the Karen enforcement and the crazy people that will scream at you to no end. I mean, I've never been actually like on the uh, receiving end of such. And I'm not obviously doling that out because I think this is all crap and I would never (laughs) tell somebody else to do something to their body, um, you know, just because I think they should. Right. Um, But. I see videos of just different places across the country and people really are like under quite a spell. And it, and we already knew that they were, but mm-hmm. I think like we're able to, I was thinking about it earlier today, like we're able to visualize it so much more with these effing masks. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think it was, it came up like I was literally just watching this like nonsense Amazon Prime movie original, just killing time and trying to be think of something mindless. But of course, like they talk about, um, you know, climate change. They're uh. like, There's always something. Right. <laughs> and so then I'm thinking about like, you know, the climate deniers, and the covid deniers. Oh, it's probably also because I was listening to No Agenda podcast earlier today and it was great. <laughs> Plug. Um, but. And so now, like, you know, if if somebody was a climate denier or you know what some like the you know crazy media or the left would call a climate denier you didn't know if somebody was a climate science denier as you would label them you didn't know unless you like actually had a conversation with them you had to Mm -hmm. talk to them about something and they they um espoused their opinion or said something that you know made a very wary um (laughs) conscious uh like climate conscience freak 
um, think about that. But now with masks being like the frickin' not to be hyperbolic, but like Jewish golden star, like it's so obvious. Like they're definitely, this is definitely part of the mind game. Like they're making it obvious by visual cues who agrees with whom. Yeah, that's true. You see so much compliance and it's funny because it varies by neighborhood here in LA, like where I live, not that many people wear masks, but like they, they do. But like, if you go to like, like the bougie parts of LA, everyone is wearing a mask. But I so just privileged. I know exactly. <laughs> but it, just over the past year, just reading mainstream articles on it, it's not surprising because, like, I've never been so disturbed by sensationalism in the media. Like, even with warmongering, like, yeah, they don't yeah. go that hard with warmongering, with the constant barrage of like, oh my god, we're gonna die. Oh my god, terrorists. Oh my god, we have to go bomb. I'm like. Even that, and that's like expert level propaganda. Oh, but the yeah. way these articles about COVID were written, and like, I don't want to assume the intentions. Maybe the author was terrified. They probably were. They're a normie statist, you know? Yeah. Maybe the editor made it more hyperbolic and more sensational because editors do that. But yeah. just reading like all, like apocalyptic, you know, uh-huh. catastrophic. And it's like, what words are you going to use when there's a real plague, people? Like, you used them all up for the for the flu. So how are we going to, it's almost like, say there is a real, like a real public health crisis. It's like they've yeah. tried both now. Exactly. They've used all this language for so long. They've made people so, well, actually, now that I think about it, though, maybe they've just made people more malleable and pliable. So the next time they'll just be like, uh-oh, time to go. Let me put, you know, who knows? I, <laughs> next flu season, honestly. Yeah. Like it, yeah, it could go, it could go both of those ways. I think it, again, it'll be kind of it'll be a split for a lot of us. We'll be like, ah, nice try. Like, you know, right. we didn't fall for it last time. We're not falling for it this time. Um, and, yeah. and we have to just hope that there's more people that will see it um, then and, you know, who continue to see it and wake up every day now. But then there are the other people that are still 100 percent on board, you know, haven't had dinner out in public, um, in over a year, um, Mm -hmm. or about a year. I mean, we're really coming up on that mark. And I think, I don't know about you though. I see a lot of these people, like I follow on, on Facebook. I have a, in my town, we have a mask up our town and, and these people are still going out to dinner. They're still going out shopping. But they're wearing their they're talismans. They're going to the zoo. Oh, my God. They're fine. And they're, they're in there reporting on what they're seeing out there in the world. And, I, and I'm just like, you're not scared. Really you're not really truly not scared. scared. Right. Where this has is that about, like, if Yeah, this scared, is just your opportunity to like be righteous. To. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And to play the victim because that feels really good. And especially when, like, that's, like, kind of a big part of leftist ideology and, like, guiding principles is victimhood. So yep. it's core. Oh my God. I get to be the victim and you're the perpetrator and I get to be mad at you. Like, of course, that's like what politics is about, like playing the victim, instilling fear and, and then, othering people. And then like, again, like you were saying how this is just so uniquely unbelievable is so they get to play the victim. Right. But then they also get to play the savior. Oh yeah, they are yes. saving lives, and they're, do they're wearing are, that mask. You for are you. acting irresponsible. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're wearing the mask for you. It, or if they're like in my case, like most of my friends are nurses, and 
I see them getting on there saying like, well, if I can wear this mask for 13 hours, you can wear it for 30 minutes in the store. And it's just always like, you know, completely different environments. You're a hospital yeah. goddamn setting. I'm in a grocery store picking up cereal. <laughs> Let's just pop on each other. Like, I'm so Yeah, over. I know. But it's also just like, I need to, I just need for everybody to let me have my moment to be self-righteous. And I just need to preach for a second. Just let me have my moment. And I've gotten to a point where I've muted like a lot of my friends because I just can't. (laughs) I have a a friend who, she's a nurse married to a pharmacist even. And she decided that she would get on Facebook and she would say, well, her husband is a pharmacist. And he has researched this, this vaccine extensively. And he says he it's okay to get. Just so she and her husband and her kids are all going to get vaccinated. <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, good for you. Obviously, your husband is only looking at one side of the the studies, but that's fine. Right. You know? Your husband trained in a traditional <laughs> establishment medical school, I assume. And he's a <laughs> pharmacist, guys. Right. Like, what do you think? Right. Well, and that's something, too, that I actually wrote a whole video about this and I didn't film it because I felt too mean. Like, I didn't think that I could deliver the video in a compassionate way that was required for the subject matter. Like, I was just like, it's not I can't talk about compassion and then make this video, but I'll say it here. Like, if you look at the data on who was hospitalized and who died and the pre-existing conditions they had, almost all of them are preventable by lifestyle choice, like obesity, diabetes, uh, chronic Oh, it's something mm, I can't think. Of. It's COPD. It's like a pulmonary yeah, disease. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah heart disease. Disease. All these things. I'm sorry. Why am I responsible for your horrible life choices? Like I'm willing. I'll keep a distance from you. I'm not going to go cough on you when I'm hiking. Yeah, no, That's uh-uh. fine. If you're scared, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to get in your face to trigger you further. But like that this yeah. element of the conversation for an entire year has been missing. And the same people demanding that we all have to wear masks because they have a chronic condition they probably brought on themselves are the same people saying we need universal health care. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to pay mm. your medical bills. I take care of myself. I eat healthy. Yeah. Right now, knock on wood, I don't have any health issues that cause me to need health care. And it's because I exercise and I eat healthy and I take care of myself. And I'm probably blessed with decent genes. But it's not my responsibility to pay for your health care or to make sure that you don't end up with a bad case of COVID because of your choices. And it like and if you were to say if I said that, it's just, oh, a right wing extremist. Oh, God, she hates everybody. Denier. Like, You're a science denier and you yeah, want to kill exactly. And I love Donald I, I Trump. Do, like, <laughs> I do think it's an age thing, too, because me and my mom did this experiment on Facebook where we both posted the same exact thing on Facebook and just to see how people would react to it. And it was basically like, this was like back in the fall when this, when there were the surges of new cases (laughs) happening. Mm -hmm. And so my mom posted, I just copy and pasted her post. So she posted like, well, with the new cases coming up, we really need to do our best to be as healthy as possible. So we need to exercise, take our vitamins, eat healthy and, you know, get as much sunlight as possible. That's what she posted. Sound and, and salient advice. Yes. And I mean, advice. my mother is a boomer, but she she she's the one that introduced me to yoga. And she's Aww. always been like a Bless like her. a earth. Yeah. Like an earthy person. Love Loved. It. 
She's always donated to like Greenpeace type stuff before Greenpeace became known as <laughs> I was gonna say, what it was. Know, right. You know about Greenpeace? Yeah. Now? <laughs> but she's always been in that, like, she's always been that way. So she's always been healthy. But I posted the same thing because I was like, I'm going to watch all of her friends just completely just, <laughs> just attack her for this, right? right? I post the same thing. And all my friends are like, that's a great idea. And they're all like, here's the vitamins you need to take. Take some kerosetin, um, get some vitamin D, blah, 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 blah. And um, all her friends were like, you know, that's sometimes just not enough. That's just not enough. You have to, you, sometimes you're just going to have to just wear the mask and stay indoors. It, and right now you just have to stay home as much as possible. Bish. And it was just, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I was like, my mom ended up having to like delete her thing because she was getting like some legit hate. Can you imagine though? I mean, I just can't even understand that. Like, why? It doesn't even sound like she was saying like, don't do the things your masters are telling you to do. She was just offering some positive advice. Just for supplemental. Like, they could be supplemental, you know? Like, right? Right. (laughs) So, like, but no, God forbid. Holy crap! Yeah, I know. It's just so sad because people are so sincere and they really mean well and they're really genuinely scared. And like to an extent, that's not their fault because they've been propagandized. But I think what gets me the most is just like the the conviction with which they speak, like under the impression that they arrived at these opinions on their own. You know, like they really think that like they've thought it through. And this is Mm -hmm. the only logical conclusion to reach. And if you disagree, well, like you're obviously you've gone down the right wing echo chamber, rabbit hole, whatever it is. Like, how could you not see the truth? And it's and this applies to people on the right, too, just not so much as COVID, although probably I doubt many people on the right are actually doing their own research as well. You know, but like, Mm -hmm. they just have to agree. Oh, yeah. You know, (laughs) like and it's not limited to COVID, but it's it's just been very sad to see. But I do think that for every may not have a hard ratio, but for there are people who are getting tugged further into the status paradigm. But I think this is like one of the greatest opportunities we've ever had to pull people out of it. And so many people are waking up and we have a long road to go getting them toward anarchism as opposed to just like questioning this one issue. But what an opportunity. It can be really exciting when I'm not just like crying about the state of the world. Uh, That's exactly how I I do feel feel like (laughs) I do feel like we have a really great opportunity because, like, my mother is coming from the right. But as, as I explained, she's in many ways not, like, a typical, you know, right-wing person. Right. So, but she's very disillusioned, and she's not the only one that's mm-hmm. disillusioned by how COVID was handled, the propaganda that's been in the news, the last four years of just the, just Donald Trump just getting hammered in the media. <laughs> and... um about then, dumb stuff. You know, like not even. And then this stuff. election, like, exactly. Actually, this election was a little shady looking. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what it what I what it is, but it's shady. And you know that opened up a lot of people's eyes to like, okay, this is probably a rigged system. Right. So, this is a really great opportunity for these people to be reached and explain how to think about things differently, how to view the world differently and be more realistic. And I feel like if we're not careful, we could, I mean, we, we could really reach these people, but we, we could really mess it up too, by being a little bit too 
I don't know what the word is, but I told you, Zoe. Let's like <laughs> like our producer about. Cam hates the LP so bad <laughs> for the right reasons because they right. are trying to reach the wrong group, the group that doesn't yeah. care about us. They don't right. want to have anything to do with us. And then here's this other group that is completely disillusioned and unhappy. Right. And we have the right, we have the truth on our side. And they're ready for it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it seems like an attempt to pander to just like the cultural mainstream. Like that's what's considered the good culture. Right? Like even though Hollywood makes all the war propaganda movies too and all the movies that people on the right consume as well while they hate Hollywood, whatever, like obviously they have a monopoly on like righteousness and blah, 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 blah. And I don't think it helps that like the, Oh my God, I sound like such a boomer. I don't even know what to call it. Generation Z. I was going to call them Zoomers. And I was like, no, is that right? I don't know. No. Generation Z. <laughs> Gen Z. It doesn't help that like a lot of them have been programmed into liberalism. So it's like, there's an uphill mm-hmm. battle fight. But I think the fact that they've grown up on the internet gives them more like flexibility in the chance of breaking away from the propaganda. Like people who yeah. were programmed 60 years ago. That's it. Like, where else are you going to find alternative information unless you're introduced to it by someone who's like innately free thinking, which wasn't me. That wasn't me. I was like such a little status. I never had any tendency toward anarchism until way later on when I found Ron Paul. And maybe if I had had the Internet, because I grew up like as the Internet was coming up as Mm -hmm. well. But like if I had been exposed to the Internet today, maybe I wouldn't have been stuck for so long. Mm hmm. Yeah. Carrie, you and I are probably about the same-ish age, but um, you might have even, yeah, I think you were probably even a few years ahead of me, just because, and I, I'd rather let you tell your story, but it sounds like because you were so strongly in one camp, you got thrown from that camp, like, a lot quicker and a lot more harshly um, <laughs> into, you know, kind of being woken up, but um, so... Yeah, I found you like years ago before I had a mm-hmm. podcast, before I had a page, before any of that. Like I found you, I guess, probably through anti media. We just had Jason Bassler on on the show. Um, oh, nice, nice. He was on last We're week, fine. so <laughs> yeah, no, he's so cool. And so like it was like your page, like Free Thought Project, like that stuff in my early waking up days. And you know, I was already kind of like conservatarian and um, leaning more and more towards <laughs> Rand Paul. Then like actually listened to Ron Paul and I was like, oh, okay, well, so, you know, it's not what they were saying. about Like, actually, he's got way better ideas on war and foreign <laughs> policy than these assholes. They don't know anything. Um, but yeah, so I think you were like just a little bit ahead of me. But um, we obviously came from different places. But I think <laughs> it's funny that we're at the same place now. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to the value of the philosophy. And like to its validity, like if it can attract people from both sides who are programmed with such yes. different, but also such similar status programming, like there's something there and it's called principle like that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. so funny because mm-hmm. when I was like a big Ron Paul supporter in 2012, I would always get the same responses from liberals and conservatives. Conservatives would always say, I love his domestic policy. I hate his foreign policy. And liberals would say the opposite. Love his foreign policy, hate his domestic policy. And it's like. And you can't see why he has like, why do you why do you think these two things are in opposition? And Mm -hmm. that just goes to the programming. But it was really Ron Paul who changed my mind because I was 
And I think the reason I got thrust so hard is I was such a diehard Obama supporter. Like I wasn't just like, I'm going to vote for him because he has the D next to his name. I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) like, like, oh my God, I love Barack Obama. Like I have a friend who is a conservative. And at the time, like to this day, he still is like, I remember that time you walked out of lunch because I was criticizing Obama. And I did. I I was like 18 years old. And I straight up was like, I'm not going to have this conversation with you. And I just literally walked out. But I had to wait because I needed a ride. And it was before Uber. But, like, but it was like a full-on tantrum. And I think like the attachment I had to him and how much faith I had in him, it's like the higher you put someone up on a pedestal, the farther they're going to oh, fall yeah. when they come oh, off. Yeah. And that it's was the cult of personality. That's yeah. what it is. It's about like I'm, I was listening to some a podcast and they're talking about the cult of personality around Joseph Stalin at the time. Like there was just like this way that the they he was so nationalistic. I mean, it was like even though he wasn't from Russia, they had it right? like this is the ultimate Russian manhood, and right. you know he's strong. Like our country is going to be strong. And Obama was, I mean, he was a good-looking man, young. He was our first black president. I mean, he was like just hitting all these things and he just looked good. He was a good speaker and he was just really good at joking around with all the different mm-hmm. comedians and all the talk shows just had this, had it all. And in many ways, Trump kind of had that cult of personality too. Mm-hmm. Um, that he was, he was, I think his success was more that he was able to just piss off the right people <laughs> to such an yeah. extent, you know, but and maybe Obama was like that, too, for for the left, because That's you got to think, I mean, I remember when Bush was president and and I think that people forgot how much they hated Bush. Oh, they yeah. hated him so much. And he was <laughs> such and he really was such an idiot. He could not talk. He just <laughs> could not get a sentence out without sounding like an idiot. And, you know, when. At when you compared him to Obama, I mean, Obama's going to look good. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. The bar is low. But it, you know, it's so funny because I was just a few weeks ago, I was looking this up because I thought I remembered it. But I looked it up like all you have to do is like search engine George Bush Hitler sign. And of course, back then people were holding all the signs saying Bush is Hitler. And then during Obama, yeah. Obama's Hitler. Now Trump is Hitler. And they act like it's like some really different original and novel new thing. Yeah. Like, Right. And you were talking about Stalin. I've never been able to find like footage of Stalin, not on YouTube, but I found footage of Hitler and the way the crowds are cheering him is like, oh, and like you read about in history books and obviously he had to have some popularity to get elected, but it looks like an Obama rally. It looks like a Trump rally. Like, and it doesn't, they don't have like evil in their eyes. They're so happy and they're so excited. Like, and oh, that, these women were crying. It was like a new, right? it was like a new kids on the block concert. <laughs> like they were losing it. Yeah, yeah. I cried the night Obama won. Oh my God. Oh, I, I can see that. Yeah. My, <laughs> like, I, my, my, my cousin eyes. made Obama pajama pants. Like she <laughs> oh, geez. Obama pants. Have they been burnt yet? <laughs> she loved oh, him so much. Oh my God. I had like an Obama window sticker. I had one <laughs> in my dorm room. I had a poster. I had a shirt that said Obama is my homeboy, which is what I ended up burning. Like that was a real shirt. I oh. bought it on Melrose, like right before the election. I was like, I have to have this. And I, I didn't have a college student. I didn't have money to spend, but of course I waste my money on an Obama shirt, you know? Yeah. And it came in really handy. I'm glad all those years ago I bought it because it turned out to be the perfect shirt. 
Yeah. I I never <laughs> voted for Obama, but they had some good shirts. I got one that has him wearing sunglasses and he's like pointing and he says, I got this. I had that oh, I yeah, had that shirt so for the longest cool. time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that too was like it was so frustrating to watch like how he used celebrity to his advantage because he yeah. was a celebrity and then he goes and hangs out yeah. with Jay-Z, Beyonce, and all these like super relevant I went, I went to his inauguration like it oh was a it was a party right I, I, I forget about that sometimes because like <laughs> you know I wasn't there because I was excited or like hugely supportive of him but it was it was historical you know right. and I, I'm, I'm from outside DC so it was like a quick easy trip downtown so I was there for his inauguration and it was like you know I think Stevie Wonder played like everybody <laughs> oh was there Tom Hanks <laughs> was, was there I went to an Obama rally with Stevie Wonder too. <laughs> I mean, he was all over I'm the jealous. place. Like what? A, I mean, I want that man to sing my soundtrack. Like, did he fell off the stage at the rally oh, I was at? It was what? really sad. Obama wasn't like even there. It was. I'm like, he fell I can't off stage and Obama that. wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. It was like Oprah, Thanks, Michelle Obama. Obama, and I waited out in the rain. Like, and I, I have this vivid memory of like it was at UCLA, like in the basketball stadium and I remember standing there I think I was alone or maybe maybe I was with one person but in my head I was having this like compulsive narrative of like he's gonna show up there's gonna be a helicopter that's gonna come and he's gonna surprise us and it's gonna be magical and it's like oh my like that's what I was <laughs> devoting my mental energy to we're like wow. of some dude I don't even know with a horrible track record in congress that I would have seen if I just looked it up I'm well, just they were, like covering that up too yeah of course and yeah. it's just if you looked at his record, like he voted, I did he vote? If he voted against the Iraq war, he voted to fund it thereafter. Like, I think that he kind of ran on that against the war vote, but then everybody just conveniently ignored that he facilitated it the whole time. Like, I think yeah, he voted yeah. for the Patriot Act. It's been a while, so I don't remember. But I remember being pissed when I actually looked. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's really what, like, fueled my entire dissent, because I felt so betrayed. Yeah. But, yeah. That's what happens when you have principles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they always say, and it's almost like you, in a way, like don't meet your heroes because right. that kind of, that illusion is completely busted once you actually meet them as a person. But it, with pol politicians, all of their voting record is public. So you kind of have no reason to not know. <laughs> exactly. And like, to me, that's one of the, greatest impracticalities of politics is like, yeah, the information is all available, but they're so corrupt and they're so shady and they're passing so many laws. It is not realistic to expect every person you say is part of a democracy and has a civic responsibility. Like that's not reasonable. That's not going to work. People have lives. They can't, they would have to spend every day of their life, like significant chunks of time every day, just reading the congressional record. No one can do mm -hmm. that. Like, and yeah. so instead they run away and they're corrupt and they do what they want. And people think that they're helping by voting. Yet, yeah. Here we are. We don't have to elaborate on that. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think it's all it's in many ways. I think that the way that especially when I look at the Obama administration, that time period, and I know a lot of my lefty friends were like, you know, after the fact, they finally admit like, well, I wasn't a fan of all the wars. I wasn't right. a fan of the drones. And they'll admit that that was wrong. And, you know, maybe some other things, they'll, if they kept up with it, they would talk about how he, like, you know, put whistleblowers behind bars and things like that for calling out, 
you know, our crimes that we committed against other countries. But um, it's just one of those things where I feel like it's like a wife, like trying to defend her abusive husband. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, because in a way it's like these, the sad thing is, is that when people vote, they feel like they're, they're voting on something like, like it's a part of themselves, a part of their personality. Yeah. So who I vote for is a, is a, for some reason, people think it's a huge part of who they are. So right. if their president turns out to be this god awful warmonger who puts prison, you know, puts journalists in, in prison and um, whistleblowers in in um, in jail forever, and or they're on the run, <laughs> and then we have we're bombing Pakistan, who we're not at war with. I mean, I could the list goes on with Obama, but I mean. Bush wasn't great either. And it's just like people can't just separate themselves from the politician. And I, I think that's one of the things that I really would like, I, I really hope that we could do by just talking is like, guys, you're not your politician. You're not your government. You don't have yeah. to be ashamed. It's okay <laughs> to admit like that you're wrong. It's okay. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say it because I want to be right. I'm saying it because if you can't like admit to yourself that these people are not perfect, they're not these saviors that you want them to be, you're going to keep falling for all this bullshit, mm-hmm. all these lies. And you're going to be in many ways in my mind, like I feel kind of like responsible for what happens overseas. Like if I ever want to go travel the world, I, my government represents me. So if the government is bombing their country and I want to go see that, that part of the world, you know, I'm, my life is in danger and I don't like that. Totally. <laughs> I don't and wanna... that, it's such an important point. Cause when you look at the war propaganda, like, and I, again, like, I don't know if it's just journalists who are status themselves, but the way these things are framed, it's like, oh, the Iranians did this. The Chinese did this. No, a small group of Iranians pretending they have authority did this. Yeah. A small group of right. Chinese, whatever it is, but there's, it's just, it's not even, it's never even touched on in the mainstream conversation because no one's conscious of it because they genuinely believe they are the government. And like, like you said, they're so attached to the outcome and no wonder because they're told that that's where their power comes from. Like, oh, look at how much control you have. If you don't like the representatives, you can vote them out. And people keep saying, like, we just have to elect the right people. But it's like, I'm sorry, yeah. the past centuries, have people intentionally been electing bad people? I think they thought they were electing the right people every single time. At yeah, what point yeah. are you guys going to get it right? Or is maybe there like a deeper dynamic going on? It's not actually about the individual random right. people and it's more the machinery but, you know, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like uh, I have an uncle who has cancer and it's in remission right now. Thank God. But Yay. I'm thinking like, you know, he is he voted for Biden because he hated Trump. And he's thinking that his huh. life is going to be so much better now. Right. But I'm thinking like, you know, one of the things that Biden did was he got rid of the 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 laws that made insulin cheaper for families allowed um, allowing families to try experimental drugs if they're dying and things like that. And it's like, you know, my uncle probably should have paid attention to that part because that would have directly affected him. Right. But, and that's what I see. It's hard for people to like, especially Biden supporters and Trump supporters, but 
now that Biden is in office and everybody, you know, we've got the House and the Senate are um, are Democrat. They think that they think that like all these people feel safe now. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like they feel like yeah. they're okay. Yeah. And they're not realizing that, no, like these people are taking away your rights too. Like yeah. you're, you're thinking they're taking away my freedom of speech, my ability to mm-hmm. tell the truth or tell my, my side, but mm-hmm. they are going, they're also shutting you down too. And you just don't realize it yet because one yeah. day you're going to see something and you're going to speak yeah. up about it yep. or question anything. Like if only there were like historical records to warn people about that, you know, like when if only there were instances where people had advocated taking away other people's freedoms and then theirs were sacrificed too. Oh my God. How like people could have seen this coming. It's so crazy. It really, it's, it's sad to watch. Um, But again, just more opportunity. But I do think um, I kind of forgot what I was going to say. And I just remembered, I think the reason people are going to be so complacent now, I mean, they're always complacent, but I think something you're speaking to is how the media portrayed Trump as so far beyond the norm. Mm -hmm. When in fact, he was like an extension of it. He was if you look at the policies, if you look at the history of this country, it was inevitable that he was going to end up winning that the media ran with this narrative that like, oh, everything was fine and democracy was working. And then Trump came and it was all and he horrible. And it. And it was right. so bad. <laughs> it was so yeah. good before Trump came. It was and perfect, basically. With, from the commentary I saw, next to no acknowledgement of any of the preceding factors. It was just, oh, Trump won because America's racist. Not yeah. because of the economic well, situation. Oh, of course. Sorry. <laughs> he's a fascist. He got voted out. And was kicked off Twitter. <laughs> um, we you know, what? fascist leaders, crazy. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I know that's the thing. It, it just drives me nuts. It's like, um, and then all of his followers now are like, they're calling to make lists of people that voted for Trump, and like all those people that showed up on January six, like they couldn't even. They were put on no fly list. There's been yeah. what? How many suicides since then? There's been like two or three suicides since then. You can't tell me that. um, Yeah, you just can't tell me that um, he was a fascist leader when all of this is happening. You know, it's just not doesn't even make sense. Like, you know, Mussolini ran a way tight ship than that. And he none of his followers would have been (laughs) treated that way. I'm just saying so. Yeah, I think there's some issues with like definitions of terms. (laughs) Like, oh, yes. Like just and it's so euphemistic and it's so, like but in the euphemisms are it's like such a pop, like consent of the governed and Larkin Rose has talked about this at length. I love his commentary on status language, but you can't consent like if I don't consent, it doesn't like unless uh, unless 320 million people all consent. There's no such thing as consent of the governed. That's, it, it doesn't exist. It's not possible. But right. People literally think democracy equals consent, which is so scary. And that's why I go so hard against it because that I think like the notion of democracy is so destructive because it's painted as so civilized and like the final Mm -hmm. rung in human evolution. And it gets people thinking like, Oh, well we did it. We're fine now. There's nothing left to do. Everything is working as it should be. And it's like, that's as good as it can get. Right. We can't can't improve. Like this is just the way it is. You just have to accept some things. 
Right. You know? Well, they think <laughs> I think that the Electoral College was sort of the, the founding father's way of trying to kind of tweak out the democracy so that right. it, we're not ruled by mob. But right. I think that um, and I think that actually would be a good system. But I don't think that our electoral process is. I, I'm sorry. I don't think we've actually ever really had a good and honest election in my lifetime, to be quite honest. <laughs> you know, I mean, we could talk about surprised. how sketchy this one is, but I mean, th- th- we've had plenty of, yeah. I think they've always, every election, it seems like there's always somebody saying something shady happened <laughs> and people worried about like how things were counted. So I just don't think that it's, I honestly don't think that it's possible to have like a 100% honest election. And then and also, if you're paying enough attention, you know and have seen it in countless other countries where we've influenced their elections yes. and, or yeah, more true. directly, you know, toppled their leaders and replaced them with uh, our preferred leader. So it's just, you know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're paying at, at all like any bit of attention and can't make some kind of connection that maybe things really aren't as smooth and democratic quote unquote as uh as you know the people on tv are telling me telling me they are right and then you had like okay so with the russian narrative you have like i watched the left just idolize the cia and fbi weirdly especially the CIA. Hold on. These are the spies that like go overthrow third world countries, governments. And now you're like worshiping them because they're going to save your democracy. I just, and I know that like they can come up with their rationalizations and dance around. I know it's different because it's domestic and blah, 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 blah. But they're reporting on that. I remember right after the 2016 election, I mean, they were grabbing at straws like anonymous source says what since what is that journalism? And then they got on their high horses yeah. and demonized people like anti-media that would never just cite an anonymous source. Yeah, you with can't like, do that. With no documentation? What? And, you know, there's some pushback. I'll give it to, like, the Glenn, Glenn, the Glenn Greenwalds and the Matt Taibis. They were awesome. They're principled. Yeah. They never got on, like, the liberal outrage train. Like, they've always just stood up for their values. And I disagree with some of the values. But when it comes to war, police state, surveillance state... They've been wonderful. And Matt Taibbi cared when I got banned. I didn't see any mainstream journalists speaking out against banning independent news sites. Matt Taibbi cared. He was like our one mainstream champion. (laughs) It was so cool. But it wasn't enough, obviously. When you tell people it's like I you can't get on any social media now. You have to like cite all your sources to these people. (laughs) Right. Write a thesis. uh, Basically, like, yeah, defend but, your doctorate to, like, these yeah, like, fucking you, internet losers. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I remember, you know, I got into, I was in some kind of group when we were talking about vaccines. I was starting to follow, like, this new vaccine that's been going out. And we've been, I was in a group where people are basically just kind of, like, we're all interested in what, what's going on. We're just kind of dumping our information into this group. And I remember, like, one thing that... um somebody said was that they they um their friend got the second dose of the Pfizer and she had this headache that felt she said felt like it was shooting down like or something Ooh. was shooting up into her head like it wasn't yeah. like a normal headache like it was like a shooting pain yeah so I just you know did a quick little search and I found something on like um uh myelitis which is like the inflammation mm. of the spinal cord 
Mm-hmm. Which is, I looked that up and I realized, like, hey, that's like a very common side effect of like every vaccine, pretty much. Yeah. So I just posted that in there and I was like, it sounds like she might be having this. It sounds like um, that kind of reaction. Hopefully it goes away. But that's one of the side effects of this particular vaccine because it really is trying to get your cytokines to come out and mm. um, create an inflammatory response. And it, a lot of people will sometimes have a little bit more than others. It just depends on their yeah. immune system. Right. So this woman was like, that's just bullshit. Like, that's all she said. What? And I was like, okay. So, yeah, I know. It's, I, hate, I don't, I know. It's like weird because I don't know. People literally think that's a good argument. And yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> can you cite your reasoning for why that you don't think that's what it is? And she was like, no. No. I think you should be citing your sources because you're the one that's saying that it happened. So I'm like sending out all these uh, all these articles. Well, this article is about this vaccine. It's not about the Pfizer vaccine. This article mm. is dated da 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 year. This article is has only this many people in the study. And I was like, okay, honey, I don't know what to tell you. There's not going to be a perfect study. Number one, this is a new right. vaccine. So the studies that are being done are still being done. They're in motion right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're living in the clinical trials right now. And they're being done by the companies. They're not being done by the FDA. Like, exactly. Yeah. So she's like, uh, so I've uh, apparently somebody else saw our little thread and they started throwing in their articles and she started criticizing their stuff and it, Finally, it was just like, everyone was like, okay, chick, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> just go. If you don't want to, if you don't agree or don't think that, that's fine. Just, but why are you here? Right. And um, she finally, like, I guess just stopped. But it was just one of those things where it was like, Facebook is turning into a place where it's like, you have to cite your scientific sources for why the sky is blue before people <laughs> are going to believe it now. Like, it's not that won't. level ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why I put so many screenshots of headlines in my videos. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not making I, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and I always, almost, like I honestly, and some people will hate me for this, but I try to do exclusively mainstream sources because I know how people are. And I know that to yeah. them, it has to be mainstream or they're not going to hear me. Like if I put up like a free thought project title, they're going to be like, Oh, that's all news. Alex Jones. Yeah, so like oh, here shit. you go. Have your New York Times, have your The Guardian, have your yeah. USA Today. Because they, it's not that they never cover any issues; they just bury them. It's never a leading story, but they'll yeah. cover it even during the it's Obama like a, years. It's out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a nice Saturday uh, article, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's where they put it. <laughs> and that was also what was so maddening about anti media too is outside of like like verifiable primary documentation, we would often use the mainstream articles because it's like, okay, now what? Are you going to tell me it's fake news now? Because we're citing the New York Times. We're citing your official bash or no, Washington Post is the bastion of democracy. Democracy dies in darkness. But yes, yes, yes. And even then, even then, even though we all, you know, like it did, it didn't matter because it wasn't about the facts. It was about the angles and the narrative. So Absolutely. anything that questions it. Yeah. And there's a great website. If anyone's interested, it's called fair.org. And I think that they're left leaning, but they do such a good job calling out the media's warmongering and corruption. Like they'll like literally just catalog like every single op-ed written on, for example, Trump's decision to strike Syria. 
And then they'll like mm-hmm. break down how many of those op-eds were pro-war. And without fail, it's like almost every single one. There's like three wow. kind of tepid of like, maybe not a good idea, but they, if anyone's interested, it's FAIR.org. They do fantastic media analysis of just how horrible it is, but there might be some liberal stuff on there too. Just warning you. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, like, I really feel like if you're going to be a unbiased person, some of the things that you see that, you know, some things that you agree with might be something that is conservative, mainstream conservative. And then some of the things that you may see to be true may also be mainstream Democrat or, or liberal. So I think that because those two sides aren't completely wrong on all things. There's some things, there are some merit to both of the sides. And that's the problem I find is that you, what I find is if you are married to one particular side, you're not, you just are not a, a deep thinker. You're not a unbiased and really curious for the troop type person. Like that's just not what you are. And I think that the people in this country either, don't care like maybe it's more about being comforted or you know being comfortable but if you're really seeking out the truth you're going to be you're going to find yourself at times aligning with the opposite side of what you started with you know that's just the way it is totally being I, able to admit I just that. wish more people could uh, yeah could realize that when I think too it comes down to like I kind of resent that these like these two political factions have monopolies on these really important things. And you're like the left gets to be anti-war, even though they're not the right gets to be pro gun, even though a lot of them are, you know, like being for your right to self-defense and being against war. Like that's not a liberal value. It's not a conservative value to me. These are just basic human values, you know, but like these, these camps get to monopolize these really important things and act like they're their saviors and their champions. When in fact, not only do they not respect them, but they also don't have a sole claim to them, but people get so hooked in that. It's like, Oh, I like, I like guns. I like being able to protect myself. I must just be a Republican. I actually had a friend. We're not friends anymore, but I had a friend like years (laughs) ago, no matter how many times I told her I was not a Republican, it like her brain just could not compute uh, it. Like she'd repeatedly like we'd meet up with other friends and she'd be like, this is my friend, Carrie. She's a Republican, but I love her. <laughs> and I'd be like, dude, I'm not. How many times do I have to tell you? Like uh, that because I didn't like Obama. Well, I had to be a Republican. Especially because yeah, you like, loved I Obama. Yeah. Totally <laughs> empathize. I totally, totally empathize with you on that. Because I had the same exact thing. I had the same exact issue with, my, with, with a friend of mine that I'm no longer friends with either. And it's just really frustrating because it's like, don't you even know me? Do you ever right. listen to anything that I say? Exactly. It's like, that's the frustrating part. And I, I mean, I think the, and this is not somebody who is, she's not dumb. She's smart. Right. She knows how to, she ma- has a master's degree. So I know she knows how to do master's level statistics and things like that. So she can logic and reason okay but for some reason it was like when donald trump won her brain just stopped functioning or something and she just could not it's like if you didn't hate donald trump as much as she did right then you had to be a republican it's like just the way her brain worked and it didn't matter how many times and i've seen that with so many people i see that like people saying like libertarians are just republican light and stuff like that it's just like you guys don't get it it's so yeah, frustrating Republicans like weed huh they're just stoners yeah like 
thanks for taking zero time to look at like the underpinnings of the philosophy and just like reducing my very well thought out beliefs and values to something you can mock. Cool. Thanks. Like really shows your character there. Thank you. They're satisfied with the idea that libertarian just means um, people who like Ayn Rand and not and then and then they don't even know like what Ayn Rand actually did or wrote or believed. But like evil capitalist. Exactly. Like that's all like so (laughs) it's just like they associate with something that they know that they can associate it with something that they know they can associate it. But like they don't know any of the underlying information or or care, you know, because, again, it goes back to like kind of feeling good. And I think like a lot of um, a lot of uh, what it has to do with people's like political leanings and then their silence maybe now when their person is in charge. Um, it's like a defense mechanism, you know, because yeah. it is so, so intrinsically tied to who a lot of people are who or they've let it become so intrinsically tied. And um, but I do like think, as we've been saying, I think there's a lot of room for the wake up right now, like where people are disillusioned and they are realizing that Biden doesn't care about you. I mean, like those I keep seeing there's this whole Twitter account called like Biden's L's or like L. And it's just about like all these people who voted for Biden. And now that they're now that they're clearly like seeing that he sucks. And um, they're like, why did why I vote for him? Nice. Like I like I never like I hate this asshole. Like and it's just so funny. Like it makes me it makes my day. Like I saw one, I think. um, And they're like, you know, and and this is a plus for like people on the left that can be reached that do have principles and sometimes they align with ours like especially like the anti-war stuff um mm-hmm. but like the progressives will never i saw a tweet that said progressives will never vote blue no matter who again after this Aww. and it's like good yay. i hope not yay <laughs> like good yeah, i hope you're so learn- yeah. you're learning yeah exactly. stick with that i mean as much as you, I mean, as much as we criticize Donald Trump for a lot of things, one of the things that he did do is he pulled a lot of people from, like, the black community, the Hispanic community, the the LGBTQ community. He pulled a lot of these people over yeah. from the left. And now I think that a lot of them are kind of like, where do I fit now that Trump's not president? Right. I don't like other Republicans. Right. So, like I said... It's a good thing because I think that he showed, like, I think that they realized that the that the left was not what they what re- what represented them anymore. They thought maybe Donald Trump did, but I think they're more open to looking outside of that the two party systems than any other group would be. So it's something that I'm hopeful for because I really I just really wish more people would just get outside of the two party system. I think if we could even just do that, I don't need, they don't need to be ANCAS. They don't need to be libertarians. I don't care about that. I just think we need to start getting to a place where we, yeah, we don't like, we don't feel like we have to put our personality into this box and think that that's what represents us. It's just, I don't like that. Yeah. It's so funny because I feel like I live in a bubble like just being in the anarchist libertarian community. And I love my bubble. Like it's a very warm and cozy bubble and it's fun and I don't feel alone and there's community, but I forget that like I may have left the two party system behind like a decade ago. Not everybody did. And it's so easy because it's so exciting to like meet other anarchists and make friends and connect. And it like, we need that. That is, I'm not knocking it at all. It's absolutely Mm -hmm. vital and amazing. And I'm so grateful for it. But 
with that comes kind of like it's just easy to forget where most people still are. Cause I'm just like, wait, Democrats and Republicans, like how y- you still think this is a legitimate difference. And they do. I still get comments on my posts, especially during the election of people so sincere, like trying to sway me to believe that Joe Biden really was such a vast improvement on Donald Trump. And like, yeah, sure. If you want to look at the superficial policies, fine. But like, I guarantee you four years from now, the Biden voters are not going to be better off. They're not going to be. And if they are, it's not going to be because the government did something for them. Like the economy is not going to. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to make any hard and fast predictions because I also thought Hillary was going to win in 2016. But like, I don't see we the economy did. getting much better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. After that, I was like, I don't take myself seriously. I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's, I don't really see people, as you said, like their lives aren't going to get better because of Joe Biden. So again, I mean, in a sense, it's kind of cool because we just have to keep letting the system spin out. And like, it's not all doom and gloom. It's not just, you know, we're not just going to be oppressed forever. And democracy isn't the only way. So all kinds of opportunities. It's exciting as long as we don't get banned. I know. Yeah, that's the that's the thing, because (laughs) I think right now our ability to speak out and just keep talking, having conversations like this is so important. Like, I really... Like, I hope even like I'm saying about my friend, I hope that one day she does come back and listen to some of these episodes and realizes that, oh, Jesse really wasn't like this right wing extremist <laughs> all this time. Right. Like, she really <laughs> actually makes sense right now. Um, I, my That's my hope. You know, it's just. Yeah. It really what it comes down to is like, I don't know what it, if it's a human need or what it is, but it's like. People are really ready to stereotype each other really hard right now. Yeah. Like if you like if you have white skin, you have all this privilege and, you know, you're oppressing all these people. If you have this skin color, then you're oppressed and you need to be treated with reverence. You need to be given a, a voice. You need to be amplified, whatever. And, and then it's also just like, you know, if you vote if or if you think this way, then that means that you vote this way. And that right. you live this way. And it's just right. like such so a stereotype. Yeah, a lot. Like an assumption train. Yeah. You're really <laughs> just shoving all these people into a box. And I think it is hard. I can understand if you're coming from a a worldview where people are in all these little boxes. And then you listen to somebody like us. And we're individuals. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like my mom is still like my mom is a Christian conservative. But we've had people on our show that are lesbians, that are atheists, and we let them have their platform. And, you know, it's great because my mom listens to that and she's like, you know, never really thought about things like that. And she's being exposed to all these different viewpoints. She doesn't have to agree with all of it. Yeah. But I mean, really, honestly, how interesting is it to just listen to people who just repeat back to you the same regurgitated BS that you just watched on MSNBC. <laughs> right. Not, not, not that's why people, it's not fun. It's comfortable so. though. And people don't like discomfort and it can be very uncomfortable to question something that has been like core to your identity for like pretty much your entire life. Because most of us are programmed into it from the day we're born because our parents are status. And it's not like a malicious thing. It's yeah. just that's what they were taught. So that's what we learn. And then obviously school does its job and then the culture. But it's yeah. um, it's 
it can be very jarring when you realize that something yeah. that was so important to you is actually like a complete lie and you were actually being gaslit and abused. <laughs> like there's like, oh, yeah. I feel like there's like yes. a grief process there. That's what we, we were talking about with Jason Bassler last week is like, we have to kind of have a little grace and sympathy for the boomer generation because yeah. they had it, they're coming after world war two and yeah. they're mm-hmm. just getting hit hard with the propaganda. I yeah. mean, like, you know, <laughs> Roosevelt is the, is the, he was the best thing ever. He fixed the, he fixed our country. Fixed the world. We, this war, we absolutely had to fight. We had to fight this war. And um, we, now we have to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Like, I don't, didn't we, we didn't do the Pledge of Allegiance till after World War II, right? I can't remember. It did come later. I, that makes sense. I, or during that time area. I feel that like there area. were different variations of it, but maybe it was mandated after, or maybe it became standard practice. Because I feel yeah. like there were all different kinds of, like, and then they would tweak the language. But I, I know that that was a significant date. I'm just not exactly sure what happened. But it, I know that I had to say it every single day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did too. And I just I think know. like that's the group of people though that are the that were triggered the most when mm-hmm. um what's his face would do kneel during the that oh, uh, pledge of allegiance. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Pledge of allegiance. And I was like, Yeah, I mean but when I look back at it, like I feel like he was I mean, he wasn't always respectful about it, but I do feel like kneeling is better than what other people could have done. So let's just right. like, he didn't move on with our lives. Like, yeah. Yeah. And to be so, <laughs> and like, that's what's so scary is to be so emotionally reactive and completely like out of control in that sense. But to think that like, you're really like, you're holding it together, you know, like to be yeah. throwing tantrums like that and then be calling the other people crazy and unhinged, yeah. like pause, buddy. Like you need to take a few breaths, take a step back, come back to it when you don't feel like that insane like exploding chest that is guiding your language right now like just it's and this goes for everybody myself included like there have been times where I'm just like I should probably not respond to that comment right now like that's gonna be bad if I do and I have whole videos like that where I probably should have just waited a couple days to film you know but it is what it is it's done and it can be a nice catharsis but especially when you're talking about status like there's a there's a big disconnect. I never, I never yeah. cease to be amazed at how far it can go, like how wide that disparity can get. I, it's, I'm to this I mean, day, every single day. <laughs> mm-hmm. They, and that's what I mean. It's like they, like my mom thinks that certain things are just facts. She never right. questioned it ever. So yeah. it's like she's, um, I use her as an example a lot because I just like I'll, I'll realize like I'll be talking about my stuff and then I'll realize I hit a wall because. There's just this thing where she's like, like we talked about the Constitution, like that is one wall that we hit all the time because she believes that if you just read the Constitution, like you'll get it and you'll be saved. And, you know, it's like if everybody would just teach it in school like they're supposed to, if if only our our politicians in Congress and Senate would just read the Constitution, they would be totally different people. And it's like, no, they know the Constitution. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's civics education every single year telling me that democracy was the way to go and that I was represented. Like, what do you know? It's not that there's not enough civics. There's too much civics. What the hell? It's crazy. But like that, too. Like, it's crazy that people can think that that's the issue or they look at all of these programs that are completely failed and bankrupt and they're like, they didn't have enough money. Okay, well, if they could manage what they had, why would you give them more? Like, if you 
see a person in $15,000 of credit card debt, you're not like, oh, crap, let's give them another credit card. Why would you yeah, do that? Yeah, they deserve no. it. They're on hard yeah. times. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> you know, they'll do no, better this time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah if, you, if you see somebody, like, lighting a dumpster in their backyard full of cash... <laughs> Are you going to give him another I dumpster know. money? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. But, but yeah, it's all such a reflection of just how programmed people are. But yep. it, it, it just always fascinates me. Like I still, I feel like there's so many layers to the history of propaganda and to all the methods they use and all of the directions it's coming from. But it really is. Um, it reminds me of Edward Bernays, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, like major propagandist, like helped helped get people on board with World War One. There's this great documentary and there's a clip of him in, and he's like, we were going to make the world safe for democracy. That was the slogan. Uh. And he's like laughing about it in his 90s, like ha, 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 how stupid those people were to believe us, you know, that um, it. Yeah, complete maniac. And if you look at his writing. I'm kind of pivoting here, but it seemed relevant in the moment. So I'm sorry if I'm getting off topic, but in the opening paragraph, I'm trying to see if I have the book. No, it's not next to me, but in the opening paragraph <laughs> of his book propaganda, he basically says like, there is a ruling class that's going to keep everything in check. The masses can't cover themselves. Democracy requires that we do it for them. And uh. if you look at his body of work, the way he felt to do that was to basically anesthetize people like, to numb them and get them like emotionally hooked on consumerism, which is different from capitalism. And yes. also to get them. So something I find fascinating is he worked with, I want to say it was Herbert Hoover was the president at the time. And he was like not very popular. So Bernays helped organize a whole celebrity parade or not parade, but you know, like a whole party and a whole campaign to make him seem cool by associating him with celebrities, which obviously history repeats itself, but like, wow, they kept that. Yeah, exactly. It was such an orchestrated campaign and it seems like a two pronged effect of like encouraging democracy and letting people think they have the power while there's actually like a secret government or a secret ruling class and then also numbing them out so they don't pay attention. And you could say yeah. like, oh, well, people just paid attention. Well, then we'd have a working democracy. But as we have already discussed, that is not feasible. So, yeah, the only the the only solution I see is decentralization and like breaking down these paradigms that those people built because they're still running the show. This dude's been dead for how long? But his entire little like yep. evil world he constructed is still running, just like chugging along, no problem. And His that's the is still in action. Yeah, exactly. And it still works. It's not crazy. Like over a century later, the same thing. <laughs> and and isn't it um, his nephew that like runs Netflix? Like he's not that far yes, away from he, us. Like there, whoever, whoever's the founder of Netflix the is like of, a direct connection or something. And Bernays himself is like a nephew or related somehow to Freud. Yeah, that was his uncle. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> okay. Uncle, yeah. So, yeah, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I do feel like one of the things that is moving in the right direction is where you have a lot more people that are um, trying to create more things like mm-hmm. we're I don't think we're going to be we're not going to win anything through politics. We have yeah. to win it through media and through art and, you know, just Content getting our message out community yeah. and yeah. interactions with normal people and inter- interactions with people in our day-to-day lives interactions with people on the internet because that's yeah. ha- has been like 
Carrie said, like, we found we found this bubble of like female anarchists. Like, yeah. there's more than yeah. just two of us. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just like our lovely yeah. little microcosm. But you know, the greater community is amazing, and we don't all agree on everything. Like, we're not yeah. supposed to. But you know, we're the kind of people that if we all had some land yeah. in Montana, like. <laughs> We could get whatever and we women, wanted done and we wouldn't yeah. hurt each other. Well, and I think women that, are differently. We're differently she, creative than men are, too. Yeah. Like, you know, there's always it's good that we have people like mm-hmm. Pete Q writing books and making documentaries and things like that. I think that's great. But I also think that we should have people like women writing novels, writing plays. Uh, we have a friend. Who, like, she's she a the world. Yes. Yeah, right. We have a, we have a friend um, who she's a um, and model and her her boyfriend is a photographer and um, I know lots of people that like they they do art like they just they do painting and things like that. I just feel like if we get out there and we actually take over the culture, we could actually do so much more. Just show and really what it really is is just show people that we don't have to be constrained in yeah. these ways of thinking. And we're we not actually free. Nazis. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like we're just like normal because truly, people. Like when we're all looking at like a beautiful piece of art or admiring like a well-written novel and the storyline. And then we just realize like how beautiful it is and, and how loving it is to just be able to like be in that community. Then we're not seen as like these scary monsters that they, they think we are. <laughs> That wants yeah. to tear down and, their and that only exists online in echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a great and it really from- is like when you think about how culture was like it, it it started in the 50s, but maybe even a little earlier than that. But when you think about how culture has changed, like I was watching The Crown, mm-hmm. and I was just like, there's like this counterculture that was coming up in the 50s, and I was like, that that counterculture changed the world. Mm-hmm. We need to be that counterculture because that counterculture was so attractive to so many different people in so many different ways. It reminds me of um, so I'm obsessed with Mad Men. If anyone has seen the memes I've been making lately, it's all <laughs> Mad Men. But there's a great line. It's such a memeable show. But one thing Don Draper, who's like the main character, says is if you don't like what they're saying, change the conversation. And like that sounds like what you're saying. Like we have to actually change the conversation. And I think, think that's what we're doing. It's it's a lot of you know we're all hacking at the root. Um, but it, yeah. that's what we have to do. Cause right now the conversation, or it's not even a conversation. The conversation is null and void because people's conclusion is just, well, this is the only way. And mm-hmm. with these conversations, mm-hmm. with this communication, with technology, like with cryptocurrency, like there are all these amazing disruptions where we just have to be like, Hey, look, you could do it this way instead. You could not go through a central bank or like not go through a third party banking institution that's tied to the central banks. You could just give money that you could pay someone independently without having to go through the system. And there's so many cool developments happening right now for yeah. most of the problems people think government needs to solve. And it's only because yeah. they weren't taught anything else. They were taught that that's how you get things done. If you want change, you pass the law, you get people to do it for you. And it's so yeah. exciting, especially in the age of COVID really, where like the government didn't help people. So people were doing it themselves. And it's provided so many fantastic examples of like all the mutual aid groups where you look at pre COVID mm-hmm. people feeding the homeless. And what does the government do? Oh, they shut them down. And yeah. then and made them throw away the food. 
Exactly. But I think it's in Texas. I think the group is called We Will Not Comply or Don't Comply, but they show up armed to feed the homeless. Cool. What a great solution. The cops don't harass them and the homeless people get to eat. And that seems like so simple, but like ultimately you take all these little actions, all these little behaviors, all these little practices that we do that can so pervasively be tied into statism. But then you see that there are all these other ways to do it. And I think really people just need to be exposed to that because MSNBC is not touting the virtues of cryptocurrency and bringing down the central banking system. You know, like, nah, I don't know yeah. what they're talking about. I they're don't busy watch it. loving Janet Yellen because she's a female right. and Joe Biden picked her. Yeah, exactly. And she was so down on crypto, too. Oh, my God. I was so mad when I saw what mm, she was saying. I and know. it's just like such typical narratives. Yes. It's like, you guys, why do you think they want to regulate it so hard? Why do you think? <sighs> that they're trying to associate it with criminal behavior because it's pro freedom because it undermines their power. And they know that. And yeah. I think that's exciting and I love it. And I think in like your new counterculture. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about how just like these articles are written or they're just so just their language, the language is just so flamboyant and just so yeah. exaggerated. I, to me, I see that as like their last, this is their last cry for, you know, control they're just they they don't have much left in them so they have to put all the stops out and so i just feel like we just we're on the right track we're doing the right thing and i I was gonna also say another thing like with um with like the university system like they've really been trying to tell kids like don't you know don't major in art don't major in this and and i agree with that part but they're like really trying to push people into being engineers and scientists and things like that. And what do you think that those people, how do they make their money? And what do you think that they are going to be doing when they get out of school? Yeah, They're going to be working for the government. Yeah. All of their scientific research will be funded by government grants. So that's all the more reason why we need to just have like this counterculture of like, like I had a friend who he lost a job recently and i know that he's been writing he's been like putting aside like this novel that he really wants to work on and i was like i really think that you should take this time to write your novel you have you this might be like god's way of saying that you need to do this yeah you know and he did he like he he like wrote a bunch of chapters and he sent them to me and i still have to read them and i feel really crappy <laughs> that i haven't yet but i, I mean so that's what we need to do like let's not be like the let's not be like the boomer parents that are like oh god art you're not gonna make money doing that you need to go into engineering or be a math major yeah like let's encourage this art let's encourage this flow of like creativity it really is some and it really and creativity is like such a good thing for society Mm -hmm. art and everything it just it makes it makes the world a better place it's time for a revival (laughs) yeah we need a renaissance another renaissance (laughs) yeah and it I love culture as well because it's it's like unassuming you know when people are reading books and watching movies however the information gets in there like it still plants a seed even if it's the very back of their head and it's going to take a decade for that one little memory to come back up when they hear something else that triggers it it was worth it like it was not for nothing it was and it's funny because Ron Paul says that right like don't I can't remember the Mm -hmm. exact quote but like don't they can never unhear what we tell them. And that's so mm-hmm. true because that happened to me. Like I had a professor in college who he didn't even was an anarchist. He was probably a libertarian in retrospect, but I just remember him kind of poking holes in the new deal narrative 
of like how he got people to put all their money back in the banks. And I just remember being mm. so angry when he was saying it. Cause I was like, why is he disrespecting this savior? Cause at the time I was still a big, <laughs> like, just progressive yeah. liberal, but sure enough, like six, seven years later, when I was learning about the fed, I was like, Oh my God, I remember. And it all clicked and it, it meant so much to me too. And it's, it's, it's so interesting that I can like have this, these dual memories of one being so triggered by it and two then really appreciating it. And it just goes to show like the meanest person who might just be like abusive to you online. You never know. I've had those people come back to I have people on Patreon who were like, I thought you were such a bitch when I first saw your videos. And now they're like big fans and they help support <laughs> me, you know, like it's, nice. you never know. And I've been the same too. I get triggered or I did. I'm, I still get triggered. Let's be real. But like I used to get way more triggered. Mm hmm. And well, <laughs> I'm an Enneagram eight. So everything I say is just always <laughs> straight from my brain. It is no filter whatsoever. And I've had lots of people say, like, when I first met you, I just thought you were such a bitch. But when I got to know you, you were actually a really good friend, you know, and I think that's the way Aww. I try to approach yeah. things. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. And if and it's yeah. if, and I, you know, it might not be the best way that I say it. But just right. know that I'm not like trying to be mean. I'm just, yeah. that's just, just how it comes out, you know? It's authentic. But I think and it's that's good. what matters most. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm much, and because I am like that, I much rather people just be straight up honest with me and just tell me mm -hmm. what is wrong. Because if in yeah. my mind, it's like, I don't want to be wrong and I don't want to be keep, I don't want to keep making mistakes. So the more, right. the sooner I know what I need, what I'm doing wrong, the better. So that's just the way I see it. And so I just, I guess, approach the world that way. And I realized that that's not how a lot of people <laughs> see that world. So but but like, that's I don't the feel like it's a bad it. thing. It's not a bad thing. And what's so cool is maybe not everyone will respond to that. I know for a fact not everyone responds to my videos. Like there are plenty of people who hate me and they're not coming around. But there's so many of us now and we all have our own way of communicating and that's going to resonate with different people. And to, that's like the beauty of the spontaneous order and the decentralization is all these different individuals working for their own goal that happens to have shared collective goals with others. And through that, we end up actually changing minds. And there's a great speech. Um, I think it's Larkin Rose. It's called So Small a Thing, Anarchapulco 2016. The whole speech is incredible, but he does like just a quick little survey He's like, raise your hand if you were an anarchist 20 years ago and like three people raised their hand. What about 15 years ago? More hands go up. What about 10 years ago? And like you see just how exponential yeah. the growth is. It's not going to stop. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's so inspiring and exciting. And I love Larkin for that reason, because he's so optimistic and he's so rational. You know, like the way he articulates the fact that freedom is spreading is you're like, oh, yeah, nice. Cool. I don't have to cry myself to sleep every night. That's amazing. <laughs> it is, it really is a good thing. And you really, I mean, when you really think about it, it's really easy to think that we're headed towards something terrible. But you have to remember, like, you know, 100 years ago, slavery was legal. And now it's yeah. not. You know, it was Jim Crow was legal. And now it's not. You know, it was a, like right. men could ab abuse um, their wives and it was. Now it's not okay. Right. You know, it's like there's, yeah. you know, there's just so many things that our culture has changed over time. So I really do have hope that we're, we're going to move in a better direction because it really is about like just the survival of the species in a way, you know, we are, yeah. we can't survive if we're shutting, if we're shutting each other down and we're 
keeping people from their freedoms. People don't want to live like that and they're just not going to. Yeah. And I think you speak to such an important point of like the cultural change comes first and the best government can do is catch up with it. And it's usually by repealing their own bad policies. Like mm-hmm. where the change does not come from the state unless it's like negative and oppressive. Really, it comes from just people changing and the norms changing and then they have to retain their legitimacy. So they play catch up and then they act like they did something so grand. But that's not the case. It's the absolute reverse. So, again, that's just more inspiration, more encouragement. And it's we just have to show people. And it's so true. Like exactly Jim Crow, like people were against Jim Crow before it was repealed. And I mean, just look at photography, too. When you think about the just how photography has changed over the centuries, like photography, when it first came out, was very staged. Everybody had to dress nice. And then it progressively turned into more of like a photojournalist type photography became more realistic because people want to see what's real. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, that's how culture, that's what I mean by the art. Art reflects reality. And the more reality that it it has in it, the more it appeals to people. So you can watch the news all day, but when you're reading a novel that really gets to your heart and it really gets you, then that's going to be more meaningful than Newsweek saying that Donald Trump, you know, is a fascist, racist, misogynist. Right. You know? right. And I mean, I that's I love this example there because obviously there's the Hunger Games movies and there was this amazing <laughs> like real life protest in Thailand, I think, where the student was like young people, students, they were going out and they were doing the Hunger Games salute when they were disobeying. And I don't remember what Actually, the topic I do, was. I do think I remember. Yeah. About that. Yeah. That's like a little literal, you know, like to actually again, it was a movie about like revolt and descent and dystopia. But yeah. still, like you can like it affects people if you can get to their heart and their feelings. Yeah. Because libertarians tend to be very like rationality and emotions yeah. are bad. I don't think all emotions are bad when they're completely unrestrained and they're running wild and like you're voting yeah. for Joe Biden and Donald Trump because of it. Sure. But like <laughs> when you can get to people's hearts, because like, yeah, in my opinion, anarchism is an inherently empathetic philosophy. It's like, hey, I recognize yeah. your humanity. I'm not going to try to control you and make you do things you don't want to do. I respect your wishes. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it, exactly. it seems so central. Yeah. And it's the government and leftists have a monopoly on like compassion, which is it's not real compassion. But again, yeah. change the conversation, change the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And the more I think through culture and through entertainment is like that's a really heart based way to go, because obviously they're processing it. But like when I watch a movie I love, oh, my God, I just watched Midnight in Paris. It's one of my favorite movies and I haven't seen it oh, in that's a while. A good one. Yeah. It's so good. And by the end of the movie, like my heart was just full. Like if entertainment mm-hmm. can do that, what an amazing tool or strategy or whatever to insert just simple anarchist propaganda and actually Larkin is working on a movie right now and I think it's gonna be a little more explicit but it's called the Jones Plantation he's been writing a script so we're on Mm. it we I'm gonna take credit for Larkin's work (laughs) our movie (laughs) we'll allow it we won't tell him (laughs) he doesn't listen to our podcast so he won't know about this uh no, I think I'm um, just me. I'm I'm the wallflower, so I generally like I sit back and observe, and then I'm able to kind of figure out the way I see things. And so I wasn't entirely optimistic until maybe our conversation just now about like the culture war actually being winnable. I mean, it seems really not winnable sometimes, just because of, of the stranglehold. Um, but, you know, I think times are changing. Technology is changing. 
old ways are out and, you know, trends are cyclical. And I'm the real hippie. Like, you're the real hippie. Like, we actually (laughs) want peace and nonviolence and we don't want the state to enforce it. So, you know, I'm drinking my kombucha from a lady who sells it down the street and a state health, you know, the state health board actually like came in and temporarily shut her down. It's like, that's not cool. Like, oh my God. you know, and yeah. so now, now yeah, she has to sell it in jars. Oh my God. Like, there was just a straight get up over rain. yourselves, guy. Yeah. Right. Like, come on. And so, then tell you it's for your safety. I feel like I'll be yeah. safer if men with guns aren't all up in my space issuing yeah. commands to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So if like we can keep pointing that stuff out and kind of honestly just being ourselves and being the examples, it, it always comes back to this. Like we have to be, be the example. We have to live our lives. We have to create the world that we want to live in because nobody is going to do it for Ooh. us. And like we've clearly seen what's happened to the world um, when it's been put in somebody else's hands. Yeah, we got to do it regardless. Because they didn't have enough power. Come on. We just got to vote. We got to give them more funding. (laughs) No. I'm I'm going to have voting nightmares. Um, (laughs) Well, anyway, speaking of nightmares, it's about that time of night where I stop functioning. (laughs) Uh, As predictable as the sun sets. um, But. (laughs) Anyway, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm glad we finally were able to connect and we should definitely do it again. Um, So, Carrie, um, where should everybody find you? Well, are you still banned on Twitter? (laughs) I'm technically still banned on Twitter, but a friend just gave me a handle. So I'm on Twitter. Mm. I'm just not officially on Twitter, but I'm kind of officially on Twitter because I'm on Twitter. But as far as Twitter knows, I'm still banned. But okay. my handle on Twitter is Carrie underscore Wedler. It's C-A-R-E-Y. And my last name is W-E-D as in dog, L-E-R. Carrie Wedler on Instagram. Carrie Wedler on Facebook. Carrie Wedler on YouTube. Um, Carrie Wedler everywhere. I'm on Minds.com. I'm on Float, which is F-L-O-T-E. They're awesome. They're great. They did Anarcho Vegas last 2019. And then they got screwed over for COVID this year. But they're going to do it again. Um, I'm on, did I say MeWe? I don't think I said I'm on MeWe. I don't, I'm not the most avid poster, I'll be honest, but I'm on all those platforms and they're worth signing up for just to help be the change yeah. and shift away from all these big tech status platforms. So yep. I'll be on all of those. And if I get banned from all the big ones, then I'll definitely be on the little ones. So you'll see me. <laughs> I hope I don't get banned though, just for a little while longer. Yeah. Yep. Let's yeah. not jinx it yet. Yeah, I know. Let me not. We it. need to change that culture. Yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> yep. All right. And um, listeners, you know where to find us. We're still obviously most active on Instagram. Um, feel free to like shoot us an email. I don't know. Like talk to us. I feel like we haven't talked to anybody in a while, but you know, we're here. Um, we're plugging away putting out a lot of content this month we've got a lot of people lined up for march that i'm so excited about carrie you're gonna laugh you're gonna laugh at our i think yeah i think you're gonna laugh at what we have planned and up our sleeves for march um looking forward to it i'll keep an eye out (laughs) yeah um we're gonna have some fun guys catch you soon um listeners and carrie alike in the meantime keep it sane keep it peaceful keep it voluntary 